Welcome to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel, powered by InsideTexas.com. I'm Joe Cook. Today I'm joined by Justin Wells. We've got a great episode today filled with recruiting intel, a little recruiting discussion version of recruiting intel. Justin and I are going to go over five important 2025 recruits that you need to know about. We're in agreement on pretty much all of them, but we differ at the very end. But uh, overall, all these recruits that we're going to talk about have a heavy interest in Texas. Texas is keen on signing them here on uh, here in January, and uh, they're worth tracking as we go from you know junior day visits to spring visits to official visits and kitchen table time in the summer. Maybe even okay. further than that as it gets going along. So, Justin, you ready to hop right into it? Let's rock and roll, Joe. Well, I think we got to start with with what Texas already has, and you can't really go too far uh, it, with you know names to know without knowing uh, the names you should already know. I guess to say, KJ Lacey, quarterbacks in the boat. Lance Jackson, big pickup from the other day, uh, profiles to edge. Emory Winston, tight end from Georgia. Brandon Brown, a defensive lineman from uh, Melbourne, Florida, and then Anthony Deuce Williams from Shadow Creek. So. Those are ones you need to know. Uh, if you're watching this, you probably do already know those guys. Uh, at this point, uh, Texas has the number eight recruiting class in the country, uh, very, very early in the on-three industry ranking. But these are the guys that we think that Texas really needs to make sure that they they add in order to keep the roster operating at a high level. And I think it would be, what, four straight top five classes. And, Justin, you and I agree, number one, Five-star wide receiver DeCorey and Moore from Duncanville, Texas. Texas was very involved in his recruitment before he committed. And basically, when, when LSU lost uh, out on, on Colin Simmons, they made a real uh, quick push for DeCorey and Moore. And it wasn't just that quick push that, that got him in the, the Bayou Bengal bucket. But also, you know, you look at the year that uh, Malik Neighbors had, and they had another wide receiver whose name escapes me, who's also going to be drafted really early um it makes sense that at least at that point but justin decorian moore is going to be someone that texas continues over and over to to get on campus to pursue and seems like they're one of the few school, schools still involved in the entire process for more yeah it, it's a weird recruitment in, in in many different ways and i'm glad we're starting with him um i believe since chris jackson took the job in austin uh he's had one guy that he just really loves and that and that's Decorey and Moore. Uh, and, and Moore has been on campus a, a ton of times. His family's been on campus a lot. His mom re really likes Austin, really likes Texas. Um, but yeah, you're right. Once Colin Simmons jumped into the Texas boat, uh, LSU did the tush push within 12 hours, and DK Moore was was in the mix. Uh, he, he was committed, and so and, and he's joining you know guys like Bryce Underwood and Harlem Berry in a really really nice LSU class. That being said. I don't know if that sticks. It's early. It's very early. You would think being committed, he would still have 20, 30 suitors. You know, college is breaking down the door. Hey, we, we still want to recruit you. We still like you. You're a 10-5, 10-6 kid. You've won back-to-back -back state championships. You've been a, a focal point of, a, of an offense that doesn't throw the ball. Hey, and plus, you're the punter at Duncanville, and he's a pretty dang good punter. Not not Joe Cook-level punting, but he, he, he is a specialist. Um 
what's funny is that Texas and Oregon are really the only two other teams that are still pushing. I know SMU calls him. I know there's a handful that, that reach out, but he told me personally, look, it's it's Texas and Oregon. Those are the two schools that call me every day or text me every day or reach out every day. Um, he was almost coming to, to junior day. He, he was actually on the, on the, on the roster for a, for a few weeks. And then uh, he did the math and he decided that it was his birthday on Saturday for junior day. So he wanted to spend time with his family and friends. And, and that makes a lot of sense, especially considering he's been to Texas so many times, but more that that's, what's weird. He's a five-star and he's literally got probably three or four schools that recruit him. Now he's got 30, 35 offers, but like I said, he's told me, he's like, it's, you know, I, I really, I think most schools thought, well, he's done. Well, he's wrapped up. He's, he's, he's just going to go to LSU. Well, Sark doesn't believe that at all. That staff in Texas has some confidence that they can reel him in. And it, and, it, and it starts with the way they use the wide receiver. And it starts and then it ends with all the Duncanville guys recruiting him. Like these DFW kids, I know I say this a lot, but these DFW kids really recruit each other, like at a high level. And I think I asked him one time, I said, okay, you got two teammates, Colin Simmons and Alex January. Aaron Austin, which, you know, how do they recruit you? And he said, well, Alex doesn't say anything, which makes perfect sense because Alex doesn't talk very much. He's a man of little words. He's a young monster. Colin Simmons blows up his phone every day because Colin Simmons is a leader. He's an alpha male. And Colin has, has basically said, look, I know you're committed to LSU, but you're going to sign at Texas. So just get used to it. Yeah. And, and when it comes to prospects of a, of a certain level, um, I think you can look at someone like Arch Manning in, in not not to exactly in that category, but they share a similar ranking. Someone like Arch Manning uh, going back, Kelvin Banks, DJ Campbell, CJ Baxter. These are the type of prospects that Steve Sarkeesian and whatever assistant they don't they don't back off of. They recruit all the way to the end of the cycle until the ink is dry, until the JPEG is sent in. You know, they stay on these guys. And, and in other cases, you know, there's been a commitment to overcome uh, with Kelvin Banks for sure. And um, I, I don't know if Texas – I can't remember if Texas was really like in the picture for C.J. Baxter when he was committed to Florida State, but there was a commitment there. Yeah, but but still. Um, and, and so far – Shard Choice joined Texas. And, and so far, Texas' track record in these types of recruitments has been fantastic. Uh, but this one's a little different because, you know, the Brian Kelly situation is stable – uh, they've made a lot of different offensive hires, you know, as recently as uh, January 23rd, uh, replacing that, uh, the, uh, replacing a lot of that staff that moved on or found uh, different places they wanted to go. Um, so, but, but this is different a little bit because it's a, it's an LSU program that, you know, in the past two years has had a really good record, has had a Heisman winner um, yeah. and is always going to recruit well. So this is going to be one of the biggest tests of, Steve Sarkeesian's, you know, ability to recruit all the way to the finish and, you know, you know stay with uh, a prospect who he sees as a necessity for his roster. Uh, the next guy we have an agreement on, we go from the skill position into the trenches, five-star offensive lineman Michael Fasusi, uh, probably an offensive tackle. He's at Louisville High School. Uh, everybody, all the four major services have him as a top 40. There are two that have him as top 11 on three itself has him as the number 36 offensive lineman. And, uh, you know, Texas has had a lot of success in these recent cycles in 2022. They stock up with, you know, your le the left tackle, uh, and Kelvin banks, 
2023, get a lot of guys with maybe a little bit longer development curve. But, hey, there's a left tackle in there in, in Trevor Goosby. Uh, this most recent 2024 class, uh, five-star Brandon Baker, uh, who probably starts his, maybe starts his career at right tackle, but ends up competing for left tackle. And then in 2025, if you're looking for the – like you always say, the franchise left left tackle, it seems like it'd be someone uh, like Fasusi. You know, Joe, I own – I checked this before we, we did the show just to make sure because I, I don't want to – I want to be just like Sark. I want to be transparent. I don't want to lie to – I don't want to lie to anybody. I want them to know the truth. I own one maroon shirt. One. Okay? It's Michael Fasusi day. Okay? Let me tell you Fighting something. Farmers. That kid is beautiful, and he is a better guy off the field than he is on the field. I got to know Michael literally over the last two years. I've got some buddies over there on the Louisville staff, and as a freshman, when Kyle Flood came in, before he even did anything, he looked at the offensive coordinator said, that's what an NFL offensive tackle looks like immediately. And he's starting to fill out. We saw the production last year that he was key into Louisville. They, they made a nice long state run in the playoffs last year. And I think Fasusi was the anchor to that offensive line and, and, and be able to, to protect uh, Ethan Terrell, their quarterback. Um, with Fasusi, he's just like DK Moore in the sense that he's got 30-something offers. He can pick any school in the country he wants to go to. I think he's going to use this spring to really go see a lot of those places. You know, people asked him, are you going to go see Texas and Oklahoma? And he said, he told me. I've seen those a bunch. He goes, I want to try out some other places just to, to see for sure. And I mentioned Texas and Oklahoma because those are his top two schools right now. If, if, if National Signing Day was tomorrow, it's going to come down to Texas and Oklahoma. He absolutely loves Coach Biedenbaugh at Oklahoma. He likes what Coach Venables is building there. He's got a really good relationship with, 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 the, with the staff. And at the same time, he's also got a former teammate in Jaden Hardy that's up there as well. Then you flip it over to Texas and – I think Texas is connected with him and his family better than anybody. Uh, you know, his family's strict. And, you know, those those families are very strict. It's about homework. It's about get off your phone. It's about studying and focus and being driven. And that's what Fasusi brings. He is such a good kid. I think he's a future left tackle. I think I could see him starting out at right tackle and then shifting over there. But when I went to see him a couple of weeks ago, he's 6'5", 300 pounds, Joe. Like, he is beautiful. Uh, great wingspan, great feet, great hands. Um, and, and he's starting to realize his value. He's starting to figure out, he's like, okay, I, I think I, I think I've got this down, but he's still lowered in the ears. He's still humble. And so he is the priority on this offensive line for 2025. Texas got in on him early. They offered him early, but don't be surprised to see him take a number of visits. I believe he was at Missouri a couple weeks ago. He was at Texas A&M, uh, two weekends ago. Uh, he told me he's looking at maybe a spring trip to Austin. He'll probably hit Norman again in the spring as well. He wants to take his official visits this summer. I anticipate a decision before the beginning of his senior year. I could see a decision right after his official visits uh, because right now Michael still enjoys the recruiting process. And I looked at him and I said, give that six more months. And, and because now he's, he's really getting pushed and pressured by some of the elites in the, in the country. And so right now, Texas is in a great spot with Fasusi, but it's a Red River shootout battle to, for, for his services today. Next recruit we got to talk about is four-star running back Jordan Davison. Uh, this is the first non-Texan on our list, uh, heading all the way out to California, uh, modern-day product. We know that Sarkeesian has a lot of connections there, a lot of influence there. Chris Jackson, even though he's not that position coach, has a lot of influence there as a, uh, a graduate and, of course, to Shard Choice 
seems like he has influence pretty much anywhere. Uh, Davison was at the, the Longhorns Junior Day. Um, he is one of the – I haven't – I don't have his ranking pulled up right now. Oh, yeah, there it is. Number he's number three or number four. Number 42 overall in the on-three industry ranking, so just kind of the, the one what, of the highest what, ranked. What running back is he? Uh, running back-wise, he is the number three running back. Three. So okay. uh, five foot 11, 210 pounds. Uh, and this is one that Tashard Choice has been uh, working on for a long time. And Texas likes keeping that running back room stock with a lot of talent. Uh, they even have somebody from the class behind him committed in, in uh, from Alito and Racine Guillory. Uh, but this is this seems like the, the number one choice for Tashard Choice in the 2025 class. Well, you, you're, you're, you're a word play machine, Joe. You're, you're the man. Um, you know who else is the man? Jordan Davison. You know, this guy is, and I think Tashar Choice has a type. You know, we're guys. We always have a type. I think Choice has a type. And it's a guy that's about 5'11", 6 foot, goes between the tackles, a little over 200 pounds. He likes the speed. He likes he likes all those intangibles. But he really likes the natural runners, the cutback guys, your C.J. Baxter, your Jarrett Gibson types, Bijan Robinson, Jonathan Brooks. Like, he he knows what he's doing. And so, uh, you know, with Davison, I think it's Texas and everybody else. Like, I think it's Texas in the field. I put in an RPM for Davison last March or April. Uh, just because of a number of sources indicating that Texas was the leader and that probably wasn't going to change. He was on campus again. Uh, Modern Day left late. They were like the last group out of the building on Saturday night. And, and he caught up with me on my, when I was headed home. And uh, again, he, he's like, you know, I, want, I came. I kind of knew what to expect. I, I've been here a bunch of times. These, this, this staff really loves me. And he goes, they made sure I'm a priority. And he goes, that's exactly how I want to feel. And not, not to mention, he's watched – Tashar Choice improve guys like Bijan Robinson and Rashawn Johnson and Jonathan Brooks. If you ever listen to the Third and Long podcast that a number of the former Longhorns um, are on, they had Jonathan Brooks on there, I believe, yesterday. And Brooks just broke down Choice to a T. Like he's like, this guy's amazing. So we see why he's so successful. Um, again, this is Texas versus the field. I actually caught up with Jordan yesterday because you and I had heard a little scuttle about some stuff that we had to go dig into. And then and, and Davidson said, you know, I'm getting closer to a decision, but not yet closer, but not yet. I think his decision will happen probably by the spring, if not sooner. I think it's Texas, Ohio State, Alabama, USC. Those are the three schools that are coming at him the most. And right now I'm not going to bet against Tashar Choice because he's at a point in his career at Texas where he gets who he wants. It is phenomenal how good he is at recruiting guys he didn't knock out 10 or 20 offers and 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 just pick out of the bunch he's got like three or four and he's going to get number one and number two on his board davidson to me is number one on the board and i think he'll be a longhorn sooner rather than later Tashard choice one of the most confident recruiters i think we've ever uh, been able to to cover and uh yeah he he has that same mentality like steve sarkeesian does If, if he sees somebody that he wants and needs on the roster he doesn't let up on them Real quick before we get on to the next recruit, got to get in a word from our friend Andre the Lawyer. Andre the Lawyer is a longtime Inside Texas user. They never take more than their clients. No win, no pay, and no upfront costs. His principal office is in Dallas, Texas, and he's been representing injured Longhorns throughout the state of Texas. Every client gets a personalized text message number so they can contact the team and get direct access to their lawyer all day and all night. 
call Andre the lawyer at 214-444-8808. Whether you're in a car wreck, an 18-wheeler accident, a slip and fall, on-the-job injury, or wrongful death, call 214-444-8808, 214-444-8808. Justin, we got to go to the last guy that we kind of agree on for this list, and that is four-star linebacker Riley Pettijohn. He's another guy who's on the on the fringe of being in the in the five star category. Goes to McKinney High School, where Texas just signed another guy who's just outside the five star ranking. I think in the most recent uh, rankings, but I think those haven't been finalized yet. In Xavier Filsimi, uh, but Riley Pettijohn, McKinney High School, and is just a, a linebacker who uh, you don't find a whole lot in these days. You know, we've seen linebackers. Uh, where you know you would put your best athlete in the middle of the field and, and track guys between the tackles. Now your best athlete <laughs> plays uh, defensive end, and you know is is someone like Colin Simmons who's rushing the passer. But uh, over at McKinney, uh, Pettijohn is is someone who reads the middle of the defense really well and uh, could go a long way towards even with a you know a, a lot of bodies in that linebacker room helping down the line whenever hey. Uh, Anthony Hill finally co- uh, uh, graduates and or de- departs early for the NFL, or when David Bend is gone and Maurice Blackwell. Like, there's going to be some opportunity for guys in the next few years. You, you, Texas kind of hopes that that uh, 2023 class is able to to help out, but at the same time, those guys aren't proven, and Pettijohn might see something in Texas among other places that has him interested. And remind me, was he on campus for the junior day? He was. I know we got a picture of him from Will Gallagher. Yeah, he was, and and our man, our man, our main man at Inside Texas, Easy E Nalin, got to got to talk to him a little bit before he took off. Um, with Riley, you know, this is a guy. You know, I always talk about with linebackers. You know, in this spread era, you need guys that can cover. Like old style linebackers are are hard are, are hard to find that that plug gaps. You know, don't get caught up in the wash. They, this kid tracks and smacks. Like he is, he is, he is. He's got. He, to me, he's a little bit longer than Ty Anthony Smith. Now, he's not as sudden. He doesn't have that suddenness or twitch that Ty Anthony does, but Pettijohn is a legit six foot three, 200 pounds, Joe. Like, he is a fringe, like you said, fringe four or five star. And this is a guy that could get, see a ratings boost. Um, he was on campus. I think Texas looks great there, but I don't think this recruitment is anywhere near close. Georgia came through yesterday and offered him. And I think they're very serious about it. And, and if, you, if I need to remind you, when Glenn Schumann comes in to Texas to offer linebackers, um, Georgia usually gets them. And so this one's going to be a this is going to be a battle. Like I said, it's hard to find a linebacker that can that can be the traditional inside guy, but then also bend the edge, but also cover in space. And I think that's what uh, Petty John offers. And so. This one's, I think, going to be a recruitment that plays out. Michigan is in the mix. LSU is in the mix. Texas A&M is in the mix. A um, number of other schools uh, that, that really like him. I, but, but at the end of the day, I think Texas just has to kind of continue to build that relationship. Because remember, Texas was pretty early with his offer. And um, he'd been building with Jeff Choate. And so he's got, he got to meet Johnny Nansen. I thought that might be the most important guy that was on one of the most important guys that came on campus Saturday, Saturday, because he had to meet the new linebacker coach who we've got nothing but rave review from rave reviews from. And so uh, right now I think Petty John's recruitment is going to go, probably go the distance, at least at this stage, I could see him coming back for an official in the summertime, but 
I think this is going to be a recruitment where there's going to be a lot of schools that stand out. And I don't think Petty John's anywhere close to a decision. I think he's going to let it play out, especially when schools like Georgia come come to his high school, see him work out and offer him on the spot. You know, we've talked about four guys now and one, two, three of those four are DFW guys. Do you remember if we had done this video three years ago, four years ago? We're not putting that many DFW guys on here, but no. now we have all these different guys from the Metroplex who are Texas has been in on and not just from the Metroplex, from some of the most talented areas in the Metroplex. But we do differ a little bit on who our fifth choice is. Um, and I'll, I'll go first. My my next one is four star defensive back Jabori Antoine. Uh, he's from New Iberia High School. Uh, or he's from Westgate High School in New Iberia, Louisiana. Uh, he uh, so that's the same high school as Derek Williams, and he is ranked as the number forty-five prospect, number seven cornerback, and the number two prospect in Louisiana. Basically, all the services think he's a top three prospect in Louisiana. And I think this is a, a recruitment that Texas has a really great chance in. Of course, they have his teammate, but. Just kind of thinking in the past few cycles, Texas has grabbed, uh, you know, top players from Louisiana out of LSU's backyard. They've gotten uh, Arch Manning, obviously. They got Derek Williams. Wardell Mack. Yeah, Wardell Mack, uh, who's from the New Orleans area, as I believe, as well. Like, those are great players coming from Louisiana to Texas. And I think we heard Steve Sarkeesian say – Right, either right after uh, signing day or in the lead up to the the Sugar Bowl, that you know sometimes they they don't know where East Texas ends and Louisiana begins. They joke about that in their staff room, and um, this would be a great addition because you know, no matter what, you you always need cover corners. Um, I know the SEC has this as this reputation for just being bully ball, and of course they have some of the best trench players in the country in that conference, but they also have some of the best wide receivers in the country in that conference. And they also have some uh, more and more and more now uh, great schemers, great offensive play callers who are doing uh, great things and helping guys like, you know, Jaden Daniels win the Heisman and uh, helping, uh, you know, even, even, you know, being able to, I don't want to say this demeaningly, but like people thought a lot about Jalen Milrose, uh, you know, limitations, but you have good coaches who can find like, you know what? That's a 6'3", 220-pound guy running and who's got a cannon for arm. We can design an offense around that. Like, basically, that's all to say that Sark's going to be one of the top play callers, if not the top player play caller in that conference, I'd argue. But at, when you look at Tennessee, when even when you look at Kentucky, when you look at, hey, Hugh Freeze is calling plays, there are some great offensive schemers putting great wide receivers in position. You need good corners to shut great down. Great corners. Great corners, even, to shut down those. And if, hey, if you could even do that at the expense of maybe your rival who expects a, a prospect from New Iberia to end up in their class, uh, Terry Joseph and, and Pete Witkowski would like nothing more than to, to make that happen. Yeah, listen, Antoine is a, is a good case study of if you recruit well in an area, you keep going after the young pups. Like, you know, T Terry Joseph, he needs a, t a tip of the cap. He's done a tremendous job uh, recruiting in Dubut. Uh, like you mentioned, Manning, Derek Williams, and, and, and Wardell Mack. But Derek Williams, that to me is a big data point. Listen, Jabori, it basically you know worshipped Derek Williams. He's a couple years younger, and he everywhere Derek went, Jabori would follow him. If he'd go to a workout, Jabori'd go work with him. If they go run routes, he'd go he'd go work with him. 
And so he, and he actually got to hang out with Derek on Saturday night at the end of the junior day. And so and I think that to me is the biggest data point of all when it comes to Texas. Now, that being said, LSU hiring Corey Raymond is going to make a difference. It's just let's not get it twisted. That, that That's the facts. Something else about Antoine that I was a little surprised at. He hit a growth spurt in the last six months. I remember because he's been on campus probably, what, four or five times, maybe six times. He's made a long drive a ton of times. He's up to 6'1", 180 now. And I've got an old picture of him working out when I believe he was a freshman with Derek Williams. And he may have been 5'10", 150. 160. So you're seeing a little a young monster starting to grow. And I like that you picked him because I also love Kobe Sellers, the, the Alvin Shadow Creek corner who Texas is in a great spot for, hosted him this weekend or last weekend for junior day as well. And so Antoine's going to be one that I think it's going to come down to Texas and LSU at this stage. Uh, it'll progress a little bit more. I don't think Jabori's ready for a decision, but I think Texas was the leader before Corey Raymond was hired. And how much of a difference that makes, I think, is going to dictate where this recruitment goes. But, Justin, you disagreed with me on who your number five for the the top five most important recruits you need to know are. Yeah. And you're going with someone uh, a little bit closer to your neck of the woods in Lufkin defensive lineman Zion Williams. Yeah, I, I hate to sound partial, but this guy is incredible. You're talking about 6'5", 310 pounds. Um, he reminds me of Fasusi. He's growing into his body. He's just he's slowly he's that ball of clay that, that, that you can mold. And he has the best personality. Like He is friends. He, he has not met a stranger. He is a not, he is a great kid. And I know being in the SEC, you have to stockpile defensive tackles, defensive linemen. You, you can't have too many. It's just the truth. Over recruit that spot every cycle when you're in the SEC, because if you can't stop the run in that conference, you're going to lose. You're going to get bullied. Zion Williams is the anti-bully. He's the guy you, you hire to, to come take care of your, your, your kid. What was that movie? Drill, that drill bit movie with Owen drill Wilson. Bit Taylor. Yeah, that's Zion. He's going to come in and make sure nobody, nobody hurts you. Nobody gets, nobody gets in the mix. D-line is so important in this cycle. And remember, two years ago, they only signed one, Sadir Mitchell. Last year, they signed three and one didn't make it to campus. DeAndre Robinson. So you're going to have to go probably four, at least three, possibly four in the 2025 class. Zion might be the best in that group. He's certainly in the in that conversation. Dylan Battle out of Mansfield Timber, Mansfield Timberview is also in the mix. But listen, Zion is special. You just don't find six foot five, 300 pound, 310 pound kids that can move like he can. I saw him play against Tyler Legacy last year down in Lufkin and at John Outlaw Stadium, and he was unblockable. Like I talked to the head coach at Legacy after the game, Bo Trahan, former Texas Longhorn uh, special team, great uh, special teamer. Um, and he said, there, we have no answer for that. Like, that's just, you're just going to get pushed. You talk about the ultimate inside guy that can collapse the pocket. And again, he is a great kid. You're going to get a great kid in your program. That's the type of kid. And Lufkin has those guys, you know, it's like the Jaron Thompsons, the guys that come in and just, they're out of the mud and they just want to work. They got a chip on their shoulder and they just want to get after it. That's just how they are. And that's why Zion's my number five. Listen, I'm with you. I think Antoine is probably the most important at corner next in, in, with him and Kobe Sellers. But I'm a D-line guy in the SEC now. That's what I'm going to focus on. And at the end of the day, you have to stockpile. And you got a kid two hours from campus, not in your backyard, but two-hour drive from Austin. And you better get with it 
because Texas laid a great foundation over the last six months. Um, they offered, I want to say, last spring, and they've got a great foundation in that recruitment. But Bo Davis was the primary, and Bo Davis is now back in Baton Rouge coaching for LSU. And Zion was actually expected in this weekend, and then he talked. He, he talked, called me late Thursday night, excuse me, and said, "I'm actually going to LSU this weekend." And so this is one where Texas better get stuff together. You cannot let that kid leave the state. You cannot let that kid go somewhere other than Texas. He is that important. I, I could, you could make an argument. He could be number two or three on this board because you need, you don't just need big guys. You need big guys with motors, big guys with, with, with drive and big guys that are good people and great locker room people. And that's Zion Williams. And we've seen that Texas, at least in its current defense, knows how to deploy these pretty tall defensive tackles. So yeah, definitely a, a spot and roll. Uh, maybe not. Maybe an Outland is in his future, like it was for Tavondre Sweat. But Justin, great discussion as always. Thank you for watching this episode on the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel, powered by InsideTexas.com. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. We've got it coming from all angles at whether it's breaking news, in-depth analysis, live streams, or anything else. This is the place to be. Justin, thank you so much. We will see you next time on the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel, powered by InsideTexas.com.